You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 491. I'm your host, Elise Schaefer, and today I'm joined by Becky Freeman. Becky has worked with Ruby on Rails for eight years, from her software consultancy to pest control management software. She's also been an engineering leader for six years. She's worked at Shopify and is now the VP of engineering at Onify, a startup focused on first-time home buyers, helping them buy their first home with a low down payment and presenting cash offer to sellers. She also, this is a reunion of sorts because she joined me for a duet Tom Portland's karaoke night, where we absolutely slayed Taylor Swift's Shake It Off. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. So listeners may remember that we had Spike Alakwa on episode 475 to talk about the upcoming Rocky Mountain Ruby Conference. We'll include a link to that show in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that episode. That conference was this past week, and Becky was one of the volunteers and organizers who helped put that wonderful conference on. She's joined me today so we can talk about what that conference was like. So Becky, first, I just kind of want to see now that the conference is over, how are you feeling now that it's kind of done? I feel energized because being around all those people after so much time sitting in my office at home is really great. But then the flip side is I am exhausted. Definitely woke up late this morning and I've just been trying to catch up on all my home chores. I've never actually worked on a conference, but I have a lot of friends who have and they all sort of say that it's like very rewarding, but that it's very tiring too. Even when it goes well, it's very tiring. So I can appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm used to my 30 second commute to my office. So driving into Boulder every day was a bit different. Yeah. 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 So how did you come to be involved with organizing Rocky Mountain RubyConf? I've been a member of the Boulder Ruby meetup group for a few years. And when Spike announced that he was doing mini conference and he was going to bring back Rocky Mountain Ruby, I was so excited. I love this concept of a mini conference. And so, of course, I asked him if I could help with anything. So when he asked for people to review proposals for talks and volunteer to help with some of the logistics, I definitely jumped at the chance. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's great to see some of these smaller conferences come back to life a little bit. I think it's definitely a very cozy sort of feel. And you get to meet a lot of the Ruby people in your own community, which is very nice. Yeah, that was definitely my favorite part. I felt like I'd at least made eye contact with everybody at the conference by the end. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think by the end, it sort of felt like you knew everybody by the end of it. There were people that I met on day one. By the end of the day, the next day, I was like, oh, we're best friends now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So did anything surprise you about organizing the conference? One of the biggest surprises for me was how many people registered at the last minute. I ordered all the shirts and I ordered all the badges and we had this huge wave come in two, three days before the conference. And I don't know if it was because it was a lot of local people who were just like waiting to see what would happen, but I definitely did not order enough shirts or badges. That is very interesting. I guess, what was the logistics of ordering all of the swag and stuff? Because I imagine if you have a lot of people coming last minute, how do you manage that? Were you making last minute orders to fulfill stuff? With shipping and having to customize everything, we didn't have a lot of options for last minute changes. So what I did do is I made a histogram of the t-shirt sizes from everyone who had registered. And then I proportionally added on extras of based on the histogram. And, you know, that doesn't always work out perfectly, but that was the best I could come up with. Yeah. Nice. No, that's that seems like a, a good 
way of handling that problem. I think I'll post um, the link to the t-shirts just in case anybody really wants a shirt that didn't get one. (laughs) That's a very good idea, actually. We could put that, if you have the link, we could even include it in the show notes for this episode for anyone who was there who didn't get a shirt. I mean, we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges, but what were some of the other challenges that you faced while organizing? It was so funny. So Spike and I are both engineers. So we had just the strangest challenges. We spent so much time getting the t-shirt blend right. We got a really nice tri-blend and spent a ton of time really making sure that it was perfect. And then the logo, it was 20 minutes. And oh, really? I hope <laughs> nobody's disappointed. <laughs> but I like how it turned out. It's nice and simple. But it did surprise me how much time we had to spend deciding on the shirt blends and kind of overanalyzing things like how do we print people's names on the badges? How do we want the badges to look? What should the stickers be? Like those tiny little details. And it actually made the day of the conference go very smoothly that we really fussed over those details. I think we had talked about everything. When you're like trying to figure out all the talks for the conference, how many proposals did you get? What was it like sifting through proposals? And kind of what was that process like? This was my first time going through proposals for talks. So I was not sure what to expect. But one of the things Spike did, he anonymized everything. So we didn't know who the talk was by or what their background was. And he split them all up into randomized spreadsheets and gave us each our own spreadsheet. So I don't know exactly how many proposals were submitted, but I ended up reviewing around 20. And there were some that just blew my mind. I was, yes, five stars. We must have this talk. It was very cool, the quality of proposals we got. Were there any that you just for time, just because of the size of the conference that you would have wanted to have in that you weren't able to? Oh, I wish I could remember. This was just many months ago. And honestly, once I submitted them, I tried really hard to separate my brain from the proposals because I wanted to enjoy the talks as they were. But Spike did say he had a really hard time narrowing it down with so many good ones to choose from. I can imagine, I mean, especially in the Ruby community, can just imagine that you get flooded with tons of great proposals, but you've only got two days and you got to kind of figure out what you can fit in those two days. I imagine that's got to be pretty difficult. Yeah, I'm so happy I didn't have to make that choice. That would have been really, really hard. And we still need to go have coffee break to meet lunch so you can't fill the whole conference. So I think yeah. Spike did a really nice job balancing between softer skills and more person about personhood talks and technical talks. It was a great balance. And then, of course, adding in the game show at the end of day one was fabulous. Yeah. Interesting that you bring up the the blend of personal talks with technical talks. I really liked how there was a pretty even blend and how like they weren't necessarily related, but they kind of fit together almost like thematically, which was very nice. Was that on purpose when you were reviewing proposals or is that just like total serendipity? I think it was a beautiful serendipity, but I loved it because we circled on a few topics like form objects, data objects, and then the next talk would circle to it in a totally different way. And I don't think it was intentional, but I loved it because I could really get to know a topic, multiple talks. Yeah. Did you have any favorites, Elise? So I really liked the very first talk, the opening keynote about how to make scary choices. As someone who's had to make scary choices a couple of times in my life, I think really just sort of struck a chord. And it was just so open and like vulnerable, but also gave you like all of these really practical, like here's how to think about it. 
so I loved I loved that talk. I liked the talk about pack work and kind of deconstructing your monolith or wrangling yes. your monolith one bite at a time. That one was very good. Um, that one was in my top there was three. A, that was a really nice one. I had never dug into pack work, so it was very nice to see it in practice. Pack work is a thing that I'm very interested in because I've worked at a couple companies where I feel like pack work would have helped us manage the complexity of having a giant Rails monolith. Because like over time, you just keep adding more stuff and it gets challenging. The more classes you add, the more models you add. So I think pack work, it's very interesting. So that talk really sort of spoke to some of the challenges that I've had in my career as a Rails engineer. What about you? Did you have any favorite talks? Yes. So the pack work talk was definitely in my top three. It was called, for anyone who wants to check it out on the conference recordings next month, it was called Modularizing Rails Monoliths One Bite at a Time. And mechanism for doing that was pack work. So that was quite good. The other one that I loved was Caching Strategies by Ridwana Khan. That was great because caching is not something I've spent a lot of time thinking about. And so having it mm -hmm presented in such a, a nice high level way so that I can understand the types of caching and when to use it. And I am a sucker for a really good refactor story. And so she even went into details about where they cached too soon and had to completely unwind it. And so I love seeing both sides of that topic. I didn't get a hotel. So I had to drive from Denver both days and I just slept in Friday. <laughs> 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 and so I missed that talk and I'm going to have to see it when the videos come up. We were very lucky um, to have conference record for us. And so all the talks are going to be posted sometime in November. So you'll get a chance to see it. Nice. What was that like working to get those recorded and put up? I know Confreaks is a very big name. And I'm just kind of curious, how was it getting all the talks recorded? I don't have a ton of insight into it because Spike handled all of that and they made it very seamless. It was so easy. One thing that I will say, it, it was thanks to Gusto that we were able to bring Confreaks in. That was one of the biggest barriers was just the cost and, and keeping the conference from going into the red. Yeah, the, I imagine that getting the recordings and getting everything up, the cost is so often a challenge for conferences, I feel. And so yeah. it's, it's really nice and beneficial to have good sponsors who will cover the cost of those things for you. 100%. Thanks to Gusto for that. And yeah, Confreaks, they're so professional. They, they just had it all laid out for us and very easy. Was there anything that went really, really well that you were just surprised that you thought was going to be a big chore and it turned out to be pretty easy? I was very nervous about the actual conference, the day of getting everybody registered and then just managing the volunteer area for those two days. I didn't know what to expect. And it always seems like at RailsConf, there's hundreds of volunteers wandering around working all day. So in my head, I almost settled myself to not even be able to see the conference. But Venue E-Town, oh, they were amazing. They handled everything. So I actually got to see the entire conference, except for the first talk, because we were still checking people in. So I was quite surprised how smoothly it went. When Spike told me we couldn't get into the venue until 7.30 a.m. that morning, I was like, oh, gosh, what are we going to be doing? We're going to be rushing to get everything done. But everything was already set up. It was lovely. Nice. That's got to be a relief. I don't know about you, but I'm a like, want to be prepared early kind of person. <laughs> so I think I would have the same 
reaction, which is, oh, yeah, we're not going to get in there till 730. People are going to be showing up at eight. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. We had a line at one point and we had luckily already gotten our assembly line down with me and the other volunteers. We had one person clicking the app, one person fetching the shirt, one person getting the rest of the swag. So it was a, a much smoother system by the time the line showed up. So I think that Spike did an amazing job and he made it look easy. But I do think that it was very nice having a hundred person conference where it was smooth and nothing felt rushed. And we were able to just smile at everybody who came in. Nice. I got there kind of like between the opening and before the talk. And it seemed like everything was going smoothly by the time I got there. So you all definitely made it look very easy. At least us as attendees, we just said it was Except when we ran out of t-shirts. That was a bummer. But other than that, yeah, it was quite smooth. Is there anything that you want to do differently next year? I'm not sure because I was on the inside. And so I know what things were smooth and what weren't. And I know a few tweaks, but I would love to hear from an attendee's perspective. What should we do differently next year? So first, I think loved the venue and I loved kind of like the two-day single track like everybody sees the same talk everybody can talk about the talks with other attendees and you can kind of you know that everybody's seen what you've seen I really like that I don't know that I have a lot that I would change about it I think there was a pretty good balance of having two talks and then a break and then a talk and then lunch and then a talk and then a break and then two talks and kind of liked that cadence Okay. This is a very good question. I don't know that I would change much. The only thing that I would change is me as an attendee, I would buy a hotel next year. There you go. <laughs> That's I a good make, tip. Or, sorry, I wouldn't buy a hotel. I would get a hotel. <laughs> I would get, get a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, then you could have joined us for some of the happy hour events. Yeah. Oh, actually, I know it would be a good addition next year. There should be a karaoke night. Oh, we're going to reprise our Taylor Swift. I love it. (laughs) So everyone that I talked to had nothing but amazing things to say. They loved the venue. They loved how close it was to Pearl Street. And there were tons of food options. I think it was nice that it was like right next to two food halls. And you could kind of get, no matter what you were in the mood for, you could probably get food. So I really liked that. I thought that was That was great. It was like 30 of us all showed up to that food hall and... It was so easy to order, just counter service. Everyone chose their own cuisine. That was lovely. I yeah. saw a few people grab a beer at lunch. I was like, I will fall asleep. I was so jealous. I was in the same boat as you where I was like, I'm already kind of tired if I get a beer and I got to drive back to Denver. So no, that's no. okay. I just drooled in their direction. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe next year would be nice to have an organized happy hour post-conference because a lot of people did seem like they wanted to stay and hang out and -hmm. get to know other people who came from out of town. So that could be something we add in. You're starting with a really good foundation. So anything that you add or change is just going to make something that was already really good even better. So I really liked the two-hour lunch breaks. How did you feel about that? I was worried that it would be too long. I liked it because I felt like there was time to walk and get food. And then you were talking and meeting all these people. Like lunch itself became like a community building thing. So I really appreciated having the extended lunch break. And you weren't like rushing to get back to the next session. I had so many wonderful conversations and got to meet quite a few people who I had never met before. And I think that if it had been a shorter lunch break, that might not have happened. I might have been like, oh, I'm just going to run to Sweet Green or something so I can be back in time. 
Yeah, I would definitely a thousand percent keep that. <laughs> that was good. Nice. It was really great getting to talk to people for more than five, 10 minutes at a time and really dig into what people's careers were and where they work and what kind of apps they're making with Rails. It was very nice to be able to hear the diversity of our community. On the subject of the diversity of our community, I really enjoyed that on the second day, there was a talk about Hotwire and HTMX and then another talk about Turbo and TurboFrames. And I thought, oh, this is such a great juxtaposition of two projects that are really doing really cool things and kind of being able to showcase that in at a conference and see kind of what the community is doing was really just very nice. And I appreciated that. So I think those two talks were also on my favorite talks list. Yes, totally agree. I had never heard of HTMX. And when Brooke gave that talk, I was definitely thinking, you're telling me I didn't have to wait for Hotwire. I could have just been doing HTMX yeah. the whole time. I feel like I didn't know HTMX existed at all. And then all of a sudden, like in the last couple of weeks, it's just been everywhere. I've seen it all over YouTube. I've seen it brought up in a couple of Slack groups that I'm in. And I'm just like, this has been here forever and I didn't know it existed. So Right. They must have yeah. gotten a marketing donation. So one thing that's always nice about going to a conference is you get to network. And we sort of talked about like the long lunch periods and getting to meet people and the breaks and getting to talk to people and have a single hallway track. I think these events can be very good for networking too. And I'm just curious, when you're putting these breaks in and you're kind of doing these things, was it consciously about network building or was it just sort of like it worked out based on what you had for talks? I think that was a huge part of it because the feedback I give after every conference and that I get from other people I talk to is that the best part is the meeting of other people and the networking and building our community. Everybody loves the talks. And the talks are how you get your job to sponsor your ticket. But the networking is how you get energized and just feel revitalized in our work. So I definitely think that was intentional. And I'm so glad Spike built that time in. One thing that I realized is how many in our community have been affected by the recent tech layoffs. And so I talked to quite a few people who are just recently laid off looking for work or recently graduated from boot camp and are also looking for work. And just meeting these people and talking to them, I can vouch that they're nice people with really nice Rails Foundation. So I would love anyone who's hiring to please reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'll hook you up with some of these amazing Rubyists we just met. Yeah, we can definitely do that. We will have in the show notes, we can include your LinkedIn. And if anybody has any open roles and is looking for Rubyists, definitely reach out and we can connect you to uh, some Rubyists in the area. I think this year has been a little scary in the tech community. Like there's been quite a few layoffs over the course of the year. I mean, it seems like maybe it's getting like a little bit better finally, but it's been still kind of scary a little bit. 100%. It feels like the layoffs are starting to slow down, but it's definitely a tough time to be a junior developer, especially with so many senior developers being laid off right now. I feel for you in the junior developer space listeners. And I'm sorry. And I hope that the market picks up soon for you. I wish I could give everybody yeah. a job. <laughs> yeah. So one question that I have is, have you ever given a talk at a conference? Do you want to give a talk at next year's Rocky Mountain Ruby? That's the question. Oh, you're just getting right to the point. I think I'm going to submit a proposal. I don't know what my topic would... I have the worst stage fright, but the last three years, I've just so much wanted to try giving a talk and it's far too mm -hmm. intimidating. 
So my hope is that just a very nice, intimate, single track conference like this is a good place to try out, like giving a first talk. And I would also encourage anyone else who has been really considering it to submit a proposal for next year. Community was just so nice and everybody was incredibly gracious to all of the speakers and the speakers did great. But I also think that the audience really helped buoy the speakers up with a lot of engagement and clapping, laughing. There was some heckling, very lighthearted heckling that I think kind of lets everyone take a deep breath and remember that we're just humans up here. So I think watching the speakers this year, I feel inspired. I'll come up with a talk proposal. One thing that's very nice about the Ruby community is that it does feel like we have kind of like a close-knit community of people. And every Ruby conference I've ever been to has like a very a Ruby vibe, I guess. <laughs> right. We've got the like the Miniswan, like Matt's is nice. So we are nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like very human. And Everyone is like very willing yeah. to just be human. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Cool. Well, is there anything that you didn't get to talk about that you want to talk about? as we wrap things up? I do want to thank Spike for putting on the conference. He did the vast majority of the work himself and he made it look so calm and easy. I don't know how he did it without looking stressed out. So thank you, Spike. Thank you to Gusto for sponsoring because I didn't take notes. So I'm excited to watch the Comp Freak videos coming up. Mm-hmm. That way I'll be able to refresh my memory. But Spike left the conference day, he felt pretty good about maybe possibly doing this again next year. And so let's just keep reminding him how amazing it was and how much we'll help him. Yeah, absolutely. I think definitely thank you, Spike. I know everyone that I talked to had great things to say about the conference. Everybody really loved it and enjoyed the, enjoyed their time there. So thank you, Becky, for being on the show. Thanks for helping and organizing with Rocky Mountain Ruby because it was a blast. And I'm My so happy pleasure. and so thankful for all the work that you and the other organizers put in. How can people find you online? We mentioned LinkedIn. Is that only LinkedIn? I don't have any social media. I'm sorry. Oh, me I left too. social media a few years back for mental health reasons and I'm loath to return. But I do hang out on LinkedIn. I also hang out on the Tech Friends Slack, which is run by Rylan, one of our older Ruby leaders and organizers. So you can find me on Tech Friends Slack or LinkedIn. Nice. We will have links to both of those in the show notes. I also gave up social media a couple years ago. So literally it's LinkedIn and Strava are the only <laughs> things that I have left. Um, nice. and it is I don't amazing. have Venmo, My... Elise. <laughs> oh, no. So I had to get Venmo. I had to get Venmo because it was the only way to tip my stylist. So I had to get it. But I back on Venmo. But <laughs> yeah, I, for a while I was not. But then I was like, okay, well. We should do a whole episode about social media. No, I'm just kidding. We don't have to do that. Yeah. (laughs) They're all written in Ruby, right? Awesome. (laughs) Thanks again. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to coming to next year's Rocky Mountain Ruby. I'm just going to assume that it's happening and will and manifest that into the universe. There you Um, go. Thank you so much for having me, Elise. And I thank you for taking over the podcast. Really appreciate that as well. Oh, thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It was awesome having Becky on and getting to talk about Rocky Mountain Ruby. It was an amazing conference and I was so happy to be there. And I look forward to going next year. You've been a wonderful audience. And as always, you're a gem. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.